The cornerstones of an offensive line start on that perimeter with offensive tackles. Who are the top five offensive tackles in the last decade? We'll discuss all of that next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, the champ is here, the guy that has the ring that nobody can take from him, my guy, Keith Sanchez, Mr. LSU. You can find and follow him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, and DPQ that up, man, 2019 national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, man? We're here to bring you championship-level content surrounding that NFL draft, right? Whether that's prospects, whether that's draft philosophies, whether that's roster management, whether that's going through the depth charts and telling you who's going to be good and who's not, right? But me and DP, myself, man, we're, we're in this summer, right? So we're having a bit of revisionist history we're going through we're revising we're, we're, we're fine-tuning our scouting skills right and we're talking about hey some of the that we're looking at the top five offensive tackle prospects and not guys that got to the nfl and they were great we're talking about guys that came out of college that we had our highest grades on it so we're ranking them one through five right and then we're going to get into a, a, a conversation of the difficulty with scouting the offensive tackle position what do you play left tackle right tackle can you move to one side of the football right doesn't matter if you're in an air raid offense right do you have to be able to run block really good if you're an offensive tackle and then the versatility of the position right slide from tackle to guard guard to tackle like i just said playing the left side the right side so we're going to get into all this fun conversation because we know this man with the the edge rush is becoming more and more athletic, right? You know, we got guys like the, the Bosa brothers putting up 20 sacks in the season. We need people to protect our quarterbacks. And this these offensive tackles, I think, is a fun conversation. You don't talk about the offensive line until you need an offensive line. So, DP, let's get into this conversation. Won't you reel off your top five offensive tackles over the past 10 years, one through five? Yes, sir. This was not easy, guys, because there's a lot of talented dudes that have come out of college and a lot of them that meet the the, the height, weight, arm length, you know, requirements. But I'm going to start off at the top. Lane Johnson at number one. I have Taylor Lewan, uh number two. Larrabee Tunsil at three. Andrew Thomas at four. And Jack Conklin at number five. We don't have any of the same guys. Whoa! We we well, I, no, I we that's one. a first. Yeah, we we have we have one. So I'm going to go, and and that's just to this position, right? Like just how difficult it it has been, just you know, with these guys, and you know, they they are a lot of them drafted. I went I went Ronnie Staley one. Like and these are guys that came out, and I was like, you know, coming out of college, I thought they were those dudes, right? I went Ronnie Staley one. I went Lane Johnson two. I went Tristan Wirfs three. 
I really like Tristan worse when he came out of Iowa. But see, see how you made that look, and you was like, oh man, I yeah, forgot that. But that's how I felt with your list, right? I'm hearing names, and I'm like, oh man, I forgot about him. So I, I'm with Stoto. I went Ronnie Staley one, Lane Johnson two, Tristan Wirfs three. I went Panay Sewell four, highly hyped guy out of there. And then recency bias in a sense, but I just really liked this guy. And you knew that DP, that's that was Icky, Icky Ekwanu, the Carolina Panthers. I just it was something about Icky that I just gravitated towards, right? And I'm like, I really like this guy. And then honorable mention, and I could have put all of your guys. Um, uh, Mike McGlinchey also was a you know a guy coming out. So yep. we <clears throat> I think we only had one crossover name, DP. Yeah, and you know, and that was five. So there's only nine names, right? That we're talking about with one of the best. So I, I want to ask you just some names that, that stood out to you, and you was like kind of like a Oh man, he was really good. Like when we actually went through it, some names that stood out on my list or some names that stood out on your list. Man, of course, like listen, Penesu, I don't him and um I, I Penesu was like one of the Ronnie biggest Stan- ones. Oh, uh, Tristan Ronnie, Worth, Stanley no, too, no, Tristan no. Worse, Tristan Worse. Those two were the ones that I, I don't know how I left off, but it was so it was such a hard choice because of the fact that when you look at like they said, look at the names that you know the names I have on my list. Those are extremely talented dudes. And one thing that I I I, I realized, right? I th- I'm gonna tell you a name I thought about too, Keith, about the honorable mention was Peter Skaronski. Like just from a from a technical standpoint, he may be the, one of the most technically refined tackles that we've seen in recent history. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something with Lane Johnson. When we, when we use the term "bet on traits," oh, he epitomizes that term. And that, you know, is a former tight end, 6'6", 300 pounds, or, you know, 35 and, and one, 35 and a quarter on the arms. This man ran 4'7". You know what I mean? He jumped 34 inches, benched almost 30 reps in, 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 uh, in, in the uh, bench press. But you see what he's developed into. But, you know, a guy that I feel like for me that, that really stood out was Andrew Thomas, Keith. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of people don't, I don't, you know, don't remember, but, you know, former Georgia Bulldog. He had a rough rookie year with the Giants. He did not have yeah, a great did. season. He did, he did he not did. have a great season, but he's bounced back. And he's – I'm going to say this. You know, for, for Locked On Family, you know, if y'all disagree, holler at us in the comments on YouTube, but let me know. I think this is a year that he's going to put his name in that kind of top-tier tackle cl- tackle in the in the NFL. He's going into that almost that near – I'm not even going to say near. That elite tier because this young man is extremely talented, toolsy, and I just remember watching him, man, like, you know, at Georgia. Of course, I'm a former running back, so I like physical guys. I like guys who, you know, move people off the ball. And he did a great job. He, he was a mauler. He, he played with an attitude. But he had enough athleticism in his in his past sets and everything else to mirror guys and, you know, move, you know, laterally and everything and get in, into his vertical sets. But the strength and everything else that he brought to the table, I just was – I was extremely impressed by him just overall. P, I, I really appreciated you bringing the Andrew Thomas conversation, right? Because he was another highly touted prospect, right? When you talk about checking all the boxes from a height, weight perspective, playing at Georgia, playing in the SEC. And it's almost like this shift, right? Because it was so many Bama offensive tackles that were getting drafted, you know, like the top offensive tackle year in and year out. But then now we're starting to see the shift to Georgia offensive tackles with, um, you know, Andrew Thomas. And then, you know, where we had Isaiah Wilson, I believe. Um, and then you had Broderick Jones also this in this past. And shout out to Broderick Jones because I think he's going to be one of the better offensive tackles in the NFL. Facts, he really facts. Gets everything going. But DP, there, there was a part of that conversation. I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up because it's going to make for a great transition. And that's the, the difficulty with scouting a position because you say that Andrew Thomas didn't have a good rookie year, right? And I believe that's when he was playing on the right side of the offensive line. 
right? Please, so. And and then he and then now he he's moved over to the left side. I believe it. if I'm wrong, then somebody correct me. But I think he he moved positions, and that's a big part of scouting the position, right? Because we think that you can just grab an offensive tackle and place him here and place him there. And I had a really dope conversation with one of the best offensive line um, coaches you know, mentors, trainers, and, and Duke Manning, whether I know a lot, I listen to see them all over Twitter. Um, I was able to go to the offensive line summit with nothing but Hall of Famers and pro bowlers and just all the accolades you could think of. Um, and so I want to, as we transition coming up to the next segment, I want to talk about some of that conversation that we had and just talking about moving from the left side to the right side and why is it so difficult scouting the offensive line position? Baseball is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Guys, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Let me repeat myself to make sure you heard me clearly. That's one up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What do you need to do? I'll tell you. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today and get started to, to tap into all the action. Now, if you are a Mar- uh, Marlins fan, you are a Atlanta Braves fan, right? You're a Mets or a Yankees fan. You can bet on your teams and and do the best and create the best that you like to create with FanDuel. They give you a lot of options and variety, guys. So I'm going to tell you here right now, all you have to do so you don't miss your chance, like I said, you don't want to miss a chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What do you need to do? Just join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up because FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Scouting difficulty, Keith, and you kind of hinted at it with offensive time. I'm gonna be honest with you, offensive line may be outside of what outside of quarterback, maybe the hardest position to scout and like project. Because Keith, when you, I know, I'm pretty sure you saw a lot of the names that I did too. When we're looking through the history of offensive tackles drafted, a lot of those guys were playing guard once they got to the league. Yeah. Right, like they they, they you did, you were you you played four years at left tackle in college just to get to the NFL, and they say, yeah, no, buddy, you're gonna play left guard for the rest of your career. Yeah, we're not putting you on the on the outside, man. So for you, Keith, when you're going in and kind of talk about your scout, what makes it so difficult when you're scouting offensive tackles? What's the biggest thing that you that stands out in terms of the difficulty of it? Yeah, uh, so uh, it's, it's difficult because offensive tackles, right, they, they come in all shapes and sizes, right? And, and it's just an underdeveloped, I guess, conversational piece, right? Like everybody's a quarterback guru, right? Everybody knows how to, you know, grade a defensive back, right? Everybody knows about wide receivers. But offensive line, it's 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 still the it's the boring position and it's the position that nobody wants to talk about. Like I said, it's it's we always say, right, that if you're having a good game, that means nobody's talking about you as an offensive lineman, which is 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 weird, right? Like you just kind of right. fly yeah. under the radar, like nobody knows offensive line play that much so I think that you get to the point DP where a lot of people say okay cool they're trying to do more measurements I feel like you know six six you know long wingspan stuff like that he should be good and it's like that's not necessarily all the the recipe right just stand alone and I want to for a couple of minutes, DP just get into this conversation because I said I was gonna talk about it so last summer I went to the Duke Manningweather offensive line summit right and it was my first like real, real exposure because obviously my time at LSU talk offensive line play stuff like that, but just into the 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 details of playing the offensive line position. And even when people hear that, right, they think about scheme, right? Like, oh, I know offensive line play, gap, zone, 
reach block, you know what I'm saying? Cut off block, like working to the second level. But like, no, there was like, there was like real like hand techniques. There was hand maneuvers. And, you know, they were talking about quick setting people and getting on them fast and closing the distance, closing the space. Um, And, and you just had all these different perspectives, man. And you're talking about some of the best ever do. You're talking about Willie Rolfe. You're talking about Willie Allen. You're talking about Allen Fanica, right? Then you're talking about guys that's playing this year. Lane Johnson got up there and talked. Teron Armstead was up there having a conversation. Trey Smith from the Kansas City Chiefs, Creed Humphrey. So, and, and that was probably only 10% of the names that I like. I'm talking, it, it was so many names, but you just heard them talk. And I'm going to tell you the one position, DP, that it reminded me of defensive back because they talked about mirroring the defensive end and hand usage, right? Not shooting with two hands and then using your inside leverage, you know what I'm saying? Your inside arm with the press, right? So that way if they, if they knock it down and counter, you can come back with the outside arm, right? And, and be able to counter. It reminded me of defensive black pit. Like I was sitting there listening and I'm like, this is the same technique that defensive backs use. So I thought that that was so interesting Um, when I was able to sit there and listen. But I, I, I think DP, when you, you asked me, you know, the what are you looking for in the, the offensive lineman? I, my my couple and, and they've adjusted right as you you win more you lose a couple you win more you lose a couple you start to adjust your rank you know just your tricks right and it's it's range you have to be a good athlete um you have to have range when blocking I'll say this as much as we just like to get the biggest offensive lineman in the world those guys weren't fat Lane Johnson is not a fat guy he's a big guy right like he you know it's it's like you're talking about Shaquille O'Neal when he played for the Magic not Shaq when he played for the Cavaliers and finished right because you still right. have to be good athletes like you're you're blocking and staying in front of one of the better like the the one of the best positions right you're talking about defensive end six four six five runs four four you know what I'm saying strong also so um they have to be good athletes I look for the natural strength that they have and then well proportioned bodies I don't want top heavy guys I want guys that have well proportioned bodies so that way they can have a good base a good anchor to be able to anchor down on bull rush but also a good base to where they can move laterally so that's just some of the things that I try to look for in the offensive tackle. It's, it's funny that you brought up defensive back because I remember tweeting this out a while ago, and I've been talking about it for years, and I'm glad that, that we're on the same page. Offensive tackles are like corner, are the cornerbacks of the offensive line. These are the only two positions in football where they tell you retreat versus a much better athlete. Like, mm-hmm. and you do it by yourself. Like, you, you don't have, you know, you don't have typically. Yeah, you could chip a Vaughn Miller and stuff like that. Yeah, you could put a safety over the top on the inside, you know what I mean, to try and bracket. But in that contact window, it's you and that it's you and that receiver. Same thing with the tackles. It's you and that it's you and Vaughn Miller. It's you and Miles Garrett. And, and like you talked about the difficulty of it. It's like, yeah, you may and I think the, I, I hate to use competition sometimes, Keith, but it does make a it does matter because it's different going from playing at you know South Florida or UCF, where you're not seeing a, a high caliber uh, edge rusher to being drafted in the AFC North, and now you got to see TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? Right, and right, Miles right, Garrett right. is a different animal <laughs> than most pass rushers in the NFL. This guy can slide down at three tech and be a, a twelve sack defensive tackle if he wanted I, to. I would say no, that, and that's true, DP, and that's why. Um... These kind of like not all star events, but kind of like these these bowl events, like the Senior Bowl and uh, the Shrine, and you know the NFLPA, all of those things. It's good to see those smaller school guys 
because you get to finally see them against the higher level competition before you have to draft them, right? And you and you take notes. Like our guy from ULL, the offensive tackle. Um, his, his, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He plays for the New York Jets now. And and I, yes. I had a, a pretty high grade on him based off of film. And he did play Texas and he played Iowa State, right? But then when I watched him at the Senior Bowl, I started to see. I'm like, okay, I think there's a clear difference in between like his functional strength versus some of these better D1 football players. So I agree to you, DP, that competition and who you go up against does matter in the evaluation because you're talking about guys like that. I mean, when I, when I list all 6'6", you know, 250 pounds, like that sounds like LeBron James, right? Like like these are high caliber athletes. Like Chase Young is a is a freak of an athlete, right? Then Von Miller just comes with a totally different array and skill set. And then sometimes you never know, you kick guys like J.J. Watt outside, right? And I know he's retired, but, you know, they kick him outside and then now you have to handle that 6'5", 300 pounds coming at you that, that strong as a bull. So it's, it's just so many different dynamics to the offensive tackle position. Hundred percent. I think one one of your biggest points that I, that I wanted to highlight as well was just like you said. It was, it was, you said the discussion is unrefined. The players coming out are unrefined. These guys are, are just being big, long arm athletes and everything, and, and being physical. Then you get to the league and you face a TJ Watt, who's one of the more refined pass rushers with his hands and his movement skills and how to deconstruct blocks and his pass rush plan. And it, it goes two ways, right? Because the college edge rusher typically is doing the same thing. They're just rushing. They don't typically have a plan a lot of times. These guys are just, man, I'm a bull in the China shop. I'm 6'3", 6'4", 250, 260. I run a 4'4". I'm strong. I got, uh, you know, a 7'2 wingspan or something crazy, like whatever it is. And I just know how to, like like a Derek Hall, right? He doesn't. He didn't have a lot of moves, but he was aware of it. But he, his, what was his go-to? That long arm. Because he knew I play that half man and I strike you in the middle of your chest plate and I can control you and get around. But when guys like played on that and sat on that move, he didn't have counters, right? But he's aware of it, so he's working on it. But that's the other part too, is like a lot of these tackles will mix it hard with scouting and projection is like, well, okay, yeah, you might even in the SEC, you see a lot of high tools, high caliber athletes and tools, the edge rushers, but these guys aren't refined. So then the first year, like an Andrew Thomas, why did he struggle? It's a different ball game going to the league because mm-hmm. now you've got to get your te- your technical game at that level to match your physicality and your physical profile because now you're going up against guys that can legitimately rush the passer. They know how to throw move after move. They know how to reset their hands. They don't just attack the outside. They know how to counter inside, all that type of stuff, man. So I, I, when you talk about just the difficulty of scouting the position, I think that plays a part in it too. Is just everybody is unrefined. Oh, the the, yeah, the yeah, old line and, and the D line. And not nah, and, and that and that goes to and we about to transition DP, but that goes into sometimes the scheme that they're playing too, right? Like we're talking about these air raid offenses where, like, like for example, the the, the easiest. I think what a quickest one in, in recent memory was Charles Cross, right? It was because yep, yep. playing at Mississippi State, it was a lot of quick game. It was a lot of, okay, just drop back. It was like you had multiple questions, like, can this guy run block? Like, how big is he? Remember, everybody would question, like, how, how much weight, you know, like, what does he weigh, <laughs> things like that. And then it was like, okay, can he anchor? But it was like, it was so, like, the Mississippi State offense, right, with, uh, you know, with Mike Leach, rest in peace to Mike Leach, it was just one of those things that you just you just didn't know because it was like this air raid and you see that a lot with and it's kind of the same thing with the big 12 wide receivers it's kind of been that with the big 12 offensive tackles right like there have been some big names um that come out of you know the big 12 and it's been like okay you know is the offense necessarily helping me get the best read and grade 
on this offensive tackle to be able to project him to the NFL DP. And listen, man, and the, the, we're going to talk about coming up next, man. We're going to talk about one of the, 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 I guess the biggest parts, right? And that's versatility. Versatility is key for success. You hinted at this at the very beginning of the podcast. You said you went through a lot of these offensive tackles and now they're playing guard, right? They're playing guard in the NFL. And so we we always want tackles, but guards are also important. But we want to get into the versatility, right? Like what allows you to be versatile? And then I know you put up here, you said versatility is key. So I'm more than sure you have a, a statement that you're trying to make. You have something that you're hinting upon. So coming up next, man, we're going to get into the versatility of the position and why versatility is key with offensive tackles. Guys, you know my slogan. The more you can do, the better. Like it's just simple as that. And especially on the offensive line, because of the fact of the matter is not everybody's going to play tackle as we've, as Keith just kind of talked about in the tease of this, of this segment, as I talked about earlier, I looked at some of those names guys and I'm like, man, he's not even playing tackle no more. Like he, he got to the league and he was thrusted inside at guard yeah. immediately. But I even like, and not just with the offensive tackle, just O-line in general, Keith, I even go back real quick to this was good. Maybe seven years ago. The New England Patriots had drafted uh, out of, I think it's Florida State, uh, I think it's Brian Stork, a center. And at the time, I think Midway, they played the Giants, I think, in, in that season. And they, their, ta- their right tackle got hurt. They kicked it. He was so versatile. He Not only could he play guard, they kicked him and he played the rest of the game at right tackle. So, like, to talk about the value of being able to move guys around. And when you think about a Peter Skaronsky, right? We, we talked about it, leading up to the 2023 NFL draft. He may not have the best arm length, but I'm going to try him at tackle and practice anyway. I'm going to see if he can do it. His, his former teammate, Rashawn Slater, did it. We've seen uh, Isaiah uh, Isaiah Wynn did it. We've seen other kind of shorter, and, non-traditional tackles do it. Uh, Jamari Sawyer for the for the, for the the Chargers, right? I think he played. Everybody he played. said he was a guard. Yeah, everybody said he was a guard, but he can hold up. But then this is the thing. You know that he can play guard mm-hmm. at that size, right? And and I, I agree with you, DP, that when you're, when you're talking about – building a roster, building a good offensive line. You want as many pieces as possible. I even think about the New Orleans Saints with them drafting Andrews Pete, right? And then they had to play – I think they played him at offensive tackle for a couple of seasons. Then he eventually kicked him down the guard and was like, hey, we'll – you know uh, – uh, no, he came in as a guard because I think that's when Teron Armstead was still there. But you know that he can play offensive tackle also because of his time at Stanford. So I, I look at that, DP, and, and I agree with you because – when it comes to the offensive line position, and, and, and this was something that Mark Schlereth talked about, right, was that they're, they're, they they operate in, in synchronicity. You know what I'm saying? That, like, all of them have to be on the same page. And sometimes you, you, you can't really relate to, you know, the person next to you until you've walked in their shoes, right? So, you know, the left guard, the left tackle will now know what the left guard needs. The left guard will know what the left tackles need. The, the guards will know what the center needs. You know what I'm saying? And just different looks and, okay, how are you going to handle this and how I can best help you with this situation or, you know, what may be most difficult. Because even when you're talking about in a run game, DP, we talk so much pass pro, right? But there, there's there's this, this, this communication that doesn't happen between the guard and attack or the guard and the center when we're talking about double teams and working to the second level and that's simply a feel so you thought we're talking about moving at high speeds right and we're trying to block somebody and we have to be on the same page as far as a, a feel together so that's why i think it's so important to play different positions so that way they can kind of understand you know what that other person may be seeing or feeling and just kind of getting to know your 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 teammate better no, 100%. I think, you know, you know me, I always have my football to basketball analogies. Um, you know, in the NBA nowadays, 
the, the phrase is positionless basketball. And sometimes you you kind of want that for offensive line too. You want guys that, hey man, if my left guard like is out, I have a tackle on my team that can play guard, and if, and we don't miss a beat, right? Or, or if, if you know if my tackle's out, I would like to have a guard who has tackle. Um, you know, uh, has a history at tackle. So if I need to slide him out like a Jamari Salyer, he can get us out, get us out of a pinch, and not even out of a pinch. Jamari Salyer got them out of a, like a multiple games, if I remember correctly. He was one of the better graded tackles or, or offensive linemen in twenty twenty two per like PFF. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and I want to get to the other side of that. DP is the, I guess the the, the conversation because like the Evan Neal conversation, right? When we're talking about those guys that potentially can't play both positions, or you're hurting them by putting them in in different positions, and I, I think that that's a a great conversation to have too, because so many times we draft these guys, right? And Evan Neal played his best football at left tackle for Alabama, right? And then he gets drafted to the Giants, and now he's playing right tackle, and he looks like the, the player that was the year before that he had more of a second-round grade on versus a, a top-10 pick. And so there, there's the other part of that, and I think that while versatility is green, I think it's true, and I think it's so important, but you also have to figure out, okay, how to construct this thing best, right? Like, where am I putting, especially if you draft a guy's top 10, right? Like, you, you need to know if this guy just necessarily fits. So that may be a situation, DP, where another offensive lineman may have fit more for the New York Giants than Evan Neal. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you what are you going to do now? Like, are you going to kick Evan Neal back to the, like, to the left side and switch Andrew Thomas? You're probably not going to do that because you have two guys that you drafted with top 10 grades and you need, you're trying to figure it out with one. You know what I'm saying? So I think, that that's the that's the ideal thing is just you like with the evaluation process you really have to identify everything and hit everything with a fine like fine tooth comb fine comb tooth however yeah, they, they say that you gotta go through that. <laughs> no I, I agree with you and, and that was something i thought about too keith as we get ready to close is i thought about that giant situation and having andrew thomas and then getting evan neal and i'm like i don't know how well this is going to work because i remember when you presented evan neal you was like listen he's better at left tackle than right and I'm like, oh, man, this doesn't sound good if you draft them and throw them to the right side, right? Like, right. at the end of the day, it's like you can't – if you got a tackle problem at both sides, you don't draft two left tackles. Like, that's just – it doesn't really make sense. And I think it was uh, Carmen Vitale, you know, shout out to our girl Carmen. You know, she talked about, you know, and she's really close and worked well with, you know, in Tampa Bay with the offensive line, you know, and covering that team. And she talked about how it's such a misnomer that people say, hey – you could just flip a guy to the opposite side of the formation. And she's like, no, like muscle, muscle wise and movement skill. Like it takes a while for, to build that muscle memory up. And if you're playing a guy immediately on the opposite side that he's used to playing, it, it causes some issues. So uh, I think this is a really in-depth fun conversation guys. And I hope that you guys learn a lot from us because at the end of the day, this is, this is what it is. Offensive line, offensive tackle. You want to be versatile. But there's difficulty in scouting this position. And there, there always has been. There always will be. As body types change, guys keep continuing to grow and get bigger and get more athletic. Uh, but we had, like I said, we had a lot of fun, guys. So as always, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank you all for making Locked on NFL Jeff your first listen today and every single day. Uh, on tomorrow's show, 
we're going to get into the edge rushers, guys. So we're going to look into the going top. to the defensive side the of the defense, football, baby. baby. <laughs> defense wins championships. I don't care what they tell you. Defense wins championships. All right. So you know what I mean. You need a good defense. So you need guys that can make plays. And we're going to get and we just talk about offensive tackles. We're going to get into those guys that put pressure on them off the edges and look at the top five uh, edge rushers over the last. 10 years, right? Keep the decade, the flashback, right? Uh, keep the flashback going with these episodes. But as always, guys, like I said, in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the talent code. You can find and follow me, Damian Parson at DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.